0: Welcome to the Transatlantic Podcast, a conversation about transgender topics for the two people across the pond from each other. My name is Kat, I am a British trans woman, and my co-host is Not.
1: Hello. Hi, I'm Lux, and I am a non-binary person from America. Yay. Yay. How are you doing this week? Pretty okay. It's It's been rough up yeah. ups and downs, but I am, uh, I think, finally about to be financially stable soon, so... That was nice. Woo! Yeah. I have a job. That's It's good. amazing.
0: Wow. Yeah. Things are moving up in the world. Totally. We had to reject some levity this week, and and by levity we mean we're not going to talk about the bad stuff, unless it comes up, I guess. Um, we're going to talk about what we, like, some speculation about what may happen in the future for trans people, non-binary people, and just, like, what's coming up, and, you know, feel good about yourself, because... Things usually only get better, and I say usually because I don't want to be, um, I'm a bit of a realist. But in terms of this, and the way we've seen other like civil rights campaigns go on in the past, things tend to get better. Sure, there's still sexism, there's still racism, but it's not as bad as it used to be. Um, so I just I just wanted to start off by saying hi everyone um you know how the stuff we have right now all the hormones and surgeries and stuff we have available they're pretty cool well let me tell you about a thing called scientific research <laughs> <laughs> that's not being done enough on trans people right now um i have this you know, people always talk about on the internet like how like they ignore the studies that have been done obviously they're like oh well, the science isn't there the science proves that they're all medical, me- mentally ill which isn't true mm-hmm but um in a way that there's a sort of underlying point there which needs which needs to be addressed and that no one really wants to pay to do research on trans people like it's not popular it's not popular to study lgbt people especially trans people mm-hmm. and experiments to like improve like surgical techniques and hormones and stuff just aren't very popular i mean they get they get done very slowly but if you think about the way like say surgery is done now compared to 50 years ago it's really not that different compared to like how it probably should be for that time period, and the way that m- medicines change during that time period. Like, it's a century of medical advancements, and we've only, like, changed a little bit how we, like, create, like, you know, neovaginas and neophalluses and stuff like that. And like, how we administer hormones, like, we still, like, we don't use Premarin anymore, which is from, like, pregnant horses, but like, you know, like, it would be good to be able to, like, have big sample size of people over long periods of time, and, but studies like that are super expensive and they need money and support and to give people jobs so they can continue working in that meantime so i have a hope for the future that that our medical care will vastly improve if not through like if not all be free because hopefully by then people have lost their hard-on for um trump care or wherever it's Mm. supposed to be and uh, the nhs will be back because hopefully Corbin, Corbin, jerry Corbin, jerry Corbin's come back um but yeah i have some hopes for that i want i would like to see a world where you know hormones are more easily accessed they're more efficient when if in with ways that they can be if they're not then that's cool where surgeries are accessible there are a lot more surgeons available you know like just make it more convenient for everyone and have like the most of like an advancement on these techniques because the people working in trans science, they're few and far between, but they're very passionate about what they do. And with that passion across a lot more people, you know, there's a lot of shit we could do for each other.
1: Yeah, totally. I don't know what you, th- yeah. I, I do. I can add to that a little bit. Um, I've been in more and more groups on Facebook that are uh, usually trans men uh, documenting their bottom surgery, um, like, status and stuff, and so I am actually party to some really interesting advancements regarding, like, uh, just bottom surgery in general, like, phalloplasty in particular, um, which, you know, there's that one word, phalloplasty, for so many different techniques, and it's true also of vaginoplasty, that there's a number of different techniques that are used, um, and as progress is leading us this way, there are more and more ways to do both types of surgery. But like the the main advancements in phalloplasty have involved retention of sensation, which uh, like one of the very popular ones now, it used to be that it was almost always uh, skin and fat taken from the thigh. But nowadays it's more often a radial forearm something something i like it's rff i don't know what the third f or the second f is for but uh they take yeah it from the forearm because there is like two major nerves that go through that area that can be transplanted and hooked oh. up um and give people like more full sensation so that's actually come quite a long way i know several of these people have like really very sensitive phalluses whereas this was not always possible before and like different ways of doing like the capability of erection it for it like for in the past it was usually just the inflation method but now there's like the semi what what do they call it i don't know it's basically like they stick a rod in there that is flexible yeah and it's like just there all the time like that so for some people that makes it kind of look like they have a boner all the time but it's just, (laughs) you know, it's that or the other thing. And some people don't like the inflatable whatever. So uh, there's more complications with those. They need to be replaced and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, that is just like something that I've been seeing firsthand. And I didn't actually realize how advanced it was because I hadn't seen it in like that up close and personal kind of way Um, in these private groups where people are sharing very intimate pictures and things like that so even like i want to like signal boost that in general because bottom surgery seems comparatively like hopeless for afab people uh and it's just like no it's okay like it's getting better and people are happy with the results and it's not like a nightmare like like people want to kill themselves after you know it's awesome
0: yeah so that's i guess
1: part of the problem with that
0: is that for so
1: for so long and
0: i guess still now like the one that people really focus on in the media is the AMAB surgery mm-hmm. because they're so fascinating. Because I like, still so think you don't know, can't imagine a world where people want to not have a dick anymore, and so they really obsess over it. And so like it's the section when people talk about trans people and the surgery, you know exactly which one they mean.
1: Mm-hmm. It's there's a <laughs> spectacle that they make of it, basically. Yeah. Plus, you know, trans women. The thing is, I don't think I... are the only people who exist who yeah, are I don't trans. Think, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like I don't think any, I don't think like is any less of a spectacle. It's just not something people talk about, which is kind of weird. And I guess that's part of like just the that we live in, like a very male centric culture. So all these, so like a lot of it's like, oh, male to female, like oh, look, what are the, what can I do with my body and stuff, and it all comes back to sexism. But I could just be, extri- I could just be <coughs> projecting a little bit there. Sorry, my throat's really, my throat's feeling really weird right now. I have something that we like to call in this country freshest flu. Um, which is when you you're at university and all the students come back and they bring with them lots and lots of diseases. <laughs> and so everyone in the vicinity comes down with basically a cold that lasts for weeks. And that is currently what my throat's doing. So hi, <laughs> this yeah. is my voice this
1: week. I, uh, very I think I legitimately <laughs> might have smoker's cough now. So I'm pretty phlegmy Ooh. a lot of the time. Yeah, it's, yeah. Bad. <laughs> it's a bad habit. Oh, well. <laughs> it's a perk you picked up along the way it's fine yeah i really should just switch back to using my e but whatever anyway that's off topic <laughs> vape is the future <laughs> <laughs> it's not gay if you vape
0: anyway <laughs> yeah um so yeah i was like oh, i was looking at that um i don't know gene i've wrote down gene therapy i don't think gene therapy is actually going to be very useful unless people get really hung up on the chromosomes thing and then they're going to be like hey now we can actually change the chromosomes. But that wouldn't really matter because chromosomes do as much don't do as much as people give them credit for anyway. Um, stem cell genitals would be cool. Stem cell genitals with like some bio scaffolding. Yeah, like they're gonna do that now. Something. Yeah, yeah. They've done it with like yeah. They did it with like a uterus, right? I and think like that a they penis. grew a vagina. So, yeah, but yeah. So uh, hopefully in the future, yeah, that'd be good. Like a way to like. That that's the big the big one in terms of surgical advancements, right? It's like getting reproductive organs, like actually being able to like let trans women give birth and trans trans men produce sperm and stuff. Like like I mean, it sounds really difficult, and it will be really difficult. But it's not out of the realm of possibility these days. You know, we've made big advancements in science. Yeah. But the thing is with stem cells is that like, you know, like it like in the '90s and stuff, we're all told, oh, this is like so cool. It's about to happen. It's gonna happen, and it's been like 20 years, mm-hmm. and like. <laughs> I know this stuff takes a while and the research pipeline. and like complicated and slow, and it, with good reason because you don't want to like hand out botch products and like really fuck people up because it's their bodies. But you know, the promise of the technology is there, but it's is realistically taking a lot longer than we thought it would. Like you know, like with like stem cell meat and stuff like that, it's all there. We know we can do it. It's just a question of cost and getting the procedures right.
1: Yeah, and and in the U.S. at least, there's a lot of moral handwringing about stem cell research um, sure. so it, it's pretty pervasive in, you know in the same way that being anti-choice is very pervasive um, and, and it's it's a little bit unfortunate but I think that some of those advances are going to be made for cis people and by that I mean yeah. like people like for example like cis men who have had an accident of some kind and like lost or damaged their genitalia there are going to be like there's a, an investment there because a lot of the time those are like veterans or whatever and so the idea is like sure. oh my god the veteran lost his dick like we got to fix this problem um <laughs> yeah card against, and, that's a card, that's a card against humanity right <laughs> to, oh god yeah that should be one of my blank cards <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, that is part of why there even is like work into you know infertility and using uh what would you call it like a faux uterus to grow things in uh i don't don't know what you call that it's not the right word but you know what i mean
0: no yeah i do (laughs)
1: um yeah so that's gonna be fascinating like i'm really interested to see where this research goes just the more we have trans people being visible and you know our for now our countries are both very regressive um at least at the federal level and yeah but they're gonna start dying um hopefully yeah soon so then we'll be free of the fucking boomers (laughs) (laughs) and things will hopefully start to tilt within our lifetimes like toward our advantage we can only hope I mean it's been a hundred years since it's been
0: over a hundred years since World War II, and so there's the little dabble in fascism is happening again, but i I'm confident that it won't it 'll only be a dabble, and we'll be like, "Oh, that wasn't very nice, you know and we'll come Hopefully. out Jesus you, know, you go for a little paddle in the ocean you're like, "Oh, it's wet and cold," and then you go away, and <laughs> that's what we're doing with fascism right now. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. I do think it's interesting that you brought up um, that it will happen in cis people first because I find that fascinating because like, if you think about it there's, it's such like a smaller um, demand mm-hmm. like the amount of people that, like, so like, the condition that they were working on the stem cell vaginas for, for example like though that condition is much much rarer than trans than the tr- tr- tran- transgenderism is like it's less pervasive like trans transgender people are much more pervasive in the population mm-hmm. than people with like infertility diseases which cause like vaginas to grow like improperly in, qu- in scare quotes um and yeah people pay millions to get um these to get this stuff solved for these people and this is, comes back to my point from earlier, is that, like, there's so many more trans people, but people just aren't giving money for it, and hopefully that's changing because they've got more popular support, and now it seems to be, like, you know, like, 10 years ago, you've asked some kind of people that are defending us, like, on, in, on TV and stuff, you asked them what about of trans people, they are probably just laugh it off. Yeah. And the social, so the social change is coming, and that's the big, the big one, right, is that the more you get socially accepted, the more things start to work out, like, with gay people in the last, like, 30 years, like, it's really come around. Like, homosexuality was a thing you used to have to hide, like, really, really... I mean, you, some, some people still do, obviously. But, like, everyone had to hide it. Unless he was super, super rich and, like, like influential, it was very hard to get away with being get openly gay. Mm-hmm. I you know people would marry people, would marry people, and then just, like, just for convenience sake, just so they'll be like, hey, look, I'm straight. And everyone yeah. would be like, no, you're not, babe. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's... that's And, like, we're we're getting there. And, like, that's the sort of premise, I think, is that the more this happens, the more we'll get stuff like this. Obviously, there are some hurdles on the way now, but I sort of feel like, in a way, Trump sort of helped our cause a little bit. Because everyone sort of hated him to start with. And when, like, someone who's vastly unpopular starts um, trying to clamp down on a minority group, it seems like suddenly they realise... The people... The common people realise oh, these people are just like us, and the fact that he's going after them means they're good people. Like, I feel like there's a lot more solidarity around trans people since Trump came in and started trying to do the whole military ban and stuff. Yeah, I there mean, did seem be to be more, like,
1: pushback than than I would have expected, like, five years ago. Or maybe um, that's just because we happen to be surrounded by good people. Um, like, I'll totally, I'll possible. readily admit to having created a space that may be a little bit insular. Um... Sure, but you know, I'm also that. That's equally like it's becoming equally insular from criticism of trans people as it is like just from SJWs in general. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So you know, I'm I'm kind of stepping away from a lot of that stuff right now. Yeah. If I was going as you're stepping away, do you still do
0: you see do you see the world like still moving in that direction? Like you live in the U.S. and like obviously there's a lot of strange stuff happening there right now? Like, how's it looking? Um, for us, not in terms of, like, the dabble in fascism. We know that for a moment.
1: Like, how, how are things going with the general tide of society uh, regarding trans people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really hard to say. Um, I would really like, I mean, I guess the increase in visibility is sort of a double-edged sword and it, it because the more visible we are the more people are thinking about us and if they're already hateful then like there's very little you can do to change people's minds it is usually for the benefit of the audience when you're debating someone uh more than it is for the person that you're talking to so yeah i don't it's hard to say generally i would like to think that it's getting better. And I live in a fairly liberal area, so I've been, like, able to be openly trans at work and not really worried about it, and, like, that's... I'm just trying to normalize it by existing. So, and yeah, like, I don't re- get much shit from people, at least, like, not my coworkers at this job so far, like, or any of the people, really. It's, like, a it's still a coin toss of, like, people gendering me one way or another, but I just kind of don't care <laughs> yeah so yeah
0: <laughs> while we're on the topic of that actually um because what i was going to go on to next is actually related to this kind of um because i always I, I was looking at reddit thread and maybe like last year or maybe the year before and people were saying like oh what's the next big f-? it was an ask reddit thread and it was like hey guys What's the next big fight for? What's the current like, uh, uh, unequal people that will become equal next? And someone very far down in the comments, that have been downvoted a lot, said trans people. Ah. And everyone's like, oh, don't be silly, they'll never be accepted, that's not the point. And they completely missed the whole point of the whole thing. Oh, man. And now, we, yeah, and now I feel like we've got to the point where like it's sort of like, we'd be higher up there, like, but trans people in general, but I do think there's still a bit of a struggle left for non-binary people. And acceptance mm-hmm. of non-binary as a thing. Yeah. And like, as a non-binary person who's fairly out with yourself, I wondered if you, what,
1: what are your hopes for that? I, I am not the best example on this because I, I basically just let people assume that I'm a trans man, but I also don't yeah. hide, like, like my femininity. I just don't like insist on pronoun usage. I mean, I, I I insist on he usually, but I don't insist on like yeah. my proper pronouns. Um, what I sure. what I really hope for is like the more people hear about it, the less alien it is to them, and the more comfortable it will be to be open. So that then I'm increasing visibility, and like contributing to an overall positive change. Um, yeah. I wow. I just I had a random thought of like. There was a poll some years ago taken in the U.S. of, uh, like, types of people that you would least want to be married to one of your kids or some shit like that, or be president or whatever, Mm -hmm. and atheists were, like, at the bottom of the list. Um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, Trans people weren't included on that, of course, but I I just had the amusing thought, like, I wonder where we stand. Like, I mean, and of course, I'm an atheist trans person, so that's whatever, but, like, individually yeah. as separate groups i wonder how public perception is on on both of us cuz i feel like yeah. atheism has kind of sank back it used to be at least like 4 years ago it was being covered by mainstream media a lot like you know american atheists uh, dave silver david silverman would go out on like fox news and shit but they don't really do a whole lot publicly anymore so now, like the public perception has shifted off of them, and I wonder if people have changed their minds about atheists. Um, but yet, the, that's interesting. The more you work with people who are trans, and the more you know them, and like the more open we are, the more we open up a dialogue to have the chance to talk about non-binary gender. I feel yeah, that's true. Yeah, I find the atheism something
0: really interesting because like people can like like I think it was Tony Blair, someone was complaining in this country in this country that like you can't if you if you run for um to be a member of parliament you can't talk about your religion because it's just not something we talk about mm-hmm. and then like like it's atheism it like it's just non-belief is just so pervasive in western europe like northern northern europe especially yeah that it's like <laughs> it's just kind of bizarre like you see in america like a lot of the europeans are looking at what looking at Fox news and the way they really demonize atheism thinking what the hell are they doing you know like yeah i know their target audience isn't the youth but like, you know like you know, atheism's been on the rise for a while. You know, like you're not—it's not going away, like unless God came down and was like, "Hey guys, it's me, God." Like, I don't think <laughs> atheism's going to disappear anytime <laughs> soon.
1: That is very legit.
0: <sighs> and I, yeah, and I mean, God came down and said hello, I'd be—I'd believe in him. I want to believe. Like, it'd be good. I want to live forever. I don't want yeah. to die.
1: You know, I—I th- I, I recently was pontificating on that very point. Like, you know, I—I I don't feel like good about telling you that magic isn't real, or that ghosts aren't real, or that God doesn't exist, like, dude, if magic existed, the laws of physics are completely out the window, and like, so many things would be so much cooler. I don't like being a naturalistic atheist, I just am one, because that's the way the world actually is. Sucks to be me.
0: Yeah, anyone. If magic was real, you know, imagine how many, how many of the times that I prayed to be a girl would have worked. You know, you know. It's just oh my god! Yeah, that it would be amazing. <laughs> then those are the advanced occurrences we could really hope for in science. Is magic existing? If we can do that, it's like you know, like there was. I think there was a book series. it was the Prince of Thorns. I think where like the well, it's a dy- dystopian future, but the scientists at that point, I think in the past they'd like worked out how to bend the will, the rules of physics, and made magic happen nice we could do that we we can hope for that that'd be pretty cool yeah let's break the magic physics. yeah let's make everything dr strange-ish oh
1: god that was whoo. that was a trippy movie <laughs> we uh we were that. <laughs> sorry we played a drinking game is what i was gonna say and someone was not uh, as participatory as i was it was uh take a shot every time somebody says strange uh oh no i was really sloshed by the end of that movie <laughs> anyway that's just
0: a punishment <laughs> that's fun oh dear yeah yeah
1: <laughs> but yeah let's All make right. that so, happen
0: yeah that'd be cool Um, another thing I was going to say like now which may prove controversial probably not with you but certainly with a lot of the general public and I know some of my family listen so just hear me out mm-hmm. don't attack me straight away I think that we hormones should be allowed to be given out earlier than they are, yeah, just in general, like all right, so at the moment, like people like people talk about it like you give like we all like shove estrogen and testosterone into three year olds and then they immediately turn into big hairy men or like women with fight with five tits or something <laughs> and like <laughs> polymastia at the moment basically, yeah. And obviously, the most of the guidelines, some people are better than others. Some of the most of the guidelines are testosterone blockers if you can get them until puberty's end for most people. Then you make the decision because we don't trust people under eighteen to make decisions, even though eighteen's completely arbitrary. And I was a huge asshole at eighteen; I mm-hmm. couldn't be trusted. <coughs> now, why like, the age of eighteen is suddenly this cutoff where suddenly we're like wise and amazing is ridiculous, given that Donald Trump is seventy-four and he's still a shithead. Gosh. But like. <laughs> I don't know if he's 74 but he's around there um
1: he just he's old it doesn't but matter. yeah so
0: like he's pretty old yeah um but one's just thinking like people have such a heart, such a hate boner for trans kids but the the fact is you know if we can if people realize sooner it's it's less taxing on mental health and like it's better like socially for them to be like experiencing puberty at the age of their peers are like it's weird that we're asking them to voluntarily hang back and basically be a kid for another six years. Yeah. Or, or even worse, like transition into the gender they're not, and then have to reverse all the damage with a hundred with like expensive procedures, and like maybe they, like get broader than they could otherwise. You know, like I'm not unhappy with my well, I'm I'm not like dis- completely dissatisfied with my body, but like if I'd have transitioned back then, it would have been a lot better. I would love to like had estrogen when I was, like, you know, like 13 and 14, like everyone else. Yeah. And the
1: idea that we're holding back is just bizarre. I might be able to shed a little bit of light on that. Um, Like, first of all, the subject of children is very sensitive to most people, um, especially parents and, you know, a lot, a lot of people are parents. Um, So there's sort of this residual like stuff remaining from the gay panic type of stuff that used to be more pervasive and is now kind of less of a thing, whereas trans panic is kind of taking its place as the the moral quibble. And again, because people feel strongly about the children, um, I would like to point out that there are grown-ass adults who think that even grown-ass adults using hormone replacement therapy are putting harmful chemicals into their bodies. I have a conversation going with someone on one of my YouTube videos about that very thing, and, like, them- them claiming that, uh, you know, that hormones are unnecessary or, like, unnatural in, you know, a body of the opposite sex, quote unquote, and that they're hurtful in some way. And I was very interested to see what they had to say about their sources, like, I haven't gone back to check yet, but there are people who think that it's harmful to the body to introduce hormone therapy, which is very silly, uh, for also the reason that, uh, like, older women, older cis women, go on hormone replacement therapy during menopause, because otherwise you'll get fucking osteoporosis and break your hip and die. Uh... Yeah. So, yeah, there's a, just that... It's like the combination of sensitivity about children and this misconception that it's harmful to a child's body to, for example... Postpone puberty, which is, like, uh, part of, part of the struggle there is what you were mentioning about how there is not enough research into the medical aspects, like long-term research of, you know, are these hormones actually unsafe? Like, well, if, for example, the estrogen that trans women take is unsafe, then it is equally unsafe for all of the cis women who take that medication. Um, but, you know, there's no there's not as much now, at least, in the way of moral panic over that as well. So that's one of the things that I really want to push education on, and I feel that a lot of other trans people who do education, period, want to. they want to make it more <coughs> known that like, hormone blockers are not harmful to the body, and if you stop taking them, your body will resume puberty, as it were, and there's nothing wrong with using synthetic hormones like it or at least not that we know so far there's people who live their lives and they're fine um it would also be easier to study a group of people that don't have an incredibly short lifespan due to a complex series of environmental factors (laughs) yeah um so yeah i would like to push education on that because i want i want to see more kids knowing that they're trans at a young age and being able to be properly cared for and, you know, grow up to be someone as beautiful and amazing as Janet Mock, who was very, very fortunate to have a family who was receptive to what she was saying when she was a child, that she was put on estrogen at a fairly young age, and then given, like, cross hormone therapy to enable her to get bottom surgery, like, at the age of 18. So that's very atypical of an experience, and I want to see it more for everybody, and I want. I also want there to be a normalization of non-binary identities in that, like, sometimes kids don't know, and hormone blockers would be useful for kids who just aren't sure and they don't know how they feel, and like you were saying, this can prevent a lot of psychological damage in the long term, and also just, like, social dynamic changes. it It would make everything easier if people listened to kids and believed them, and Love them enough to let them be themselves and, like, didn't think stupid stuff about hormones being harmful. (laughs) Or that we're pushing it on 10-year-olds. Because that's not what's happening. Nobody's pushing their child to be trans. Like, I hate to say this, nobody wants their kid to be trans. Like... (laughs) I am trans, and I might want kid, maybe, I don't know how I feel about it, and I honestly wouldn't want them to have to deal with that shit, like, I want them to be cis, which is probably a problematic thing to say, but, like, I would, I don't know, I want them to be happy and not, like, feel like shit all the time. I don't think it's problematic to wish them a life that's just filled with fewer hardships. Yeah. Like, as
0: long as you accept them if they are trans, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, I'm not going to reject them if they are. It's just like a level of difficulty that I would not want to f- see, like, see someone have to go through, especially my spawn. But yeah, yeah,
0: more acceptance. Yeah, we need it. I was at this question um, from a um, from a, from a friend a few, I can maybe a couple, maybe like last week, I think. Mm-hmm. I was asking about people who um, raise their child like without a gender, so sort of like just being in the unisex stuff and just like letting them choose mm-hmm. and i wonder like they had a problem with it and i was like i sort of saw their point a little bit because it's like because like it's easy like to ostracize ostracized this point for like you for not knowing and the people shove you in boxes right mm-hmm. and people put, put you in like the male, male box or the female box and there's no people don't accept non-binary people enough to like have like you say unisex sex toilets and like primary schools and stuff like that but, like, I wondered what you thought about the idea of, like, raising a child, like, sc- sort of in a very unisex manner. Like, is that something we should be looking to do, or is it kind of just a
1: bit silly? I have very conflicted feelings on that, because, I mean, I mean, if you take all of the complex dynamics of being trans in the first place, being a trans parent, and having a family that may or may not understand even, like, the basics of, you know, binary trans people. And then you introduce to them the idea of raising a child without a specific set of gender roles or, like, pronouns and, like, letting them decide what they are. It, I don't know, people view it as letting the door open for, like, kids who wouldn't be trans otherwise are just suddenly going to have that problem because of exposure to knowing that it exists, rather than having four-year-olds yeah. who, like, think that they're going to grow a penis when they're older. Like, some— yeah. Like, I literally—some people thought that when they were younger. It's—yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Because I personally—yeah, I don't know how uh, how I would want to go about it. I ideally would like to raise my child in a gender-neutral fashion if I were to have one, but I just don't know how feasible that is on like any level yeah
0: i'm mean, sort of wondering while we've been well while you were talking about that as well like i was sort of wondering if if like i would have got dysphoria from that if binary people would get dysphoria from being mm. treated like in the middle i don't know if that's a thing like i, I don't think the studies definitely not been done on that because it's sort of unethical to raise a child in this in a case as a case study yeah
1: i've definitely had at least one cis person i know say that in retrospect, they would have disliked their childhood being one where they weren't gendered. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know how most people feel about that. I mean, I, I would assume that reflexively a lot of cis people would say that. Just like, no, I was raised this way, why would, like, why would my parents force me to play with dolls, for example? Like, just, just random, throwing out an example there and it's like that's not the thing of it the thing of it is like providing you with a range of options and not boxing you in or like saying like oh you can't like that because it's pink pink is for girls which is something that literally i've witnessed within my own family um yeah i hate that
0: (laughs) so it's tough oh you can't play with that toy that's for boys what what does that mean you know yeah um, like, I was going through the toy store and uh, to the toy aisle in Asda the other day, because, like, we were bored. And, like, they all the girls' toys are, like, all the same. They're all, like, basically brat dolls. Even the ones they've started to, like, make now, like, superheroes and, like, Star Wars characters. Like, r- the toy for Rey from Star Wars is basically a Disney princess with a staff. Okay. And, like, I don't know why that is. And, like, I mean, it's better because, like, she's a warrior and shit like that, and they advertise that on the thing. But you can tell it is just the doll. Like, it is made explicitly to be a girl's toy. And, like, there was a Poison Ivy one, which is, like, nothing like Poison Ivy. It was just a generically pretty girl with some leaves on her. Like, she mm-hmm. wasn't even green. Like, Poison <laughs> Ivy's green. Like, <laughs> I'm not that wow. big a Batman fan either. I knew that, you know? That's bad. I don't read Batman. I mean, I, I have done before, but I don't right now. Sorry, DC fans. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, DC fans. Like, uh,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm not about DC.
0: I like Thor, <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man.
1: That yes, Marvel for real all day. They're pr-
0: they're pretty cool. Um. So yeah, I do wonder like if the, if like it's just like then you know like how people do with religion a lot of the time these days is you don't force them to do something you let them know the options right. So you, yeah. re- you raise someone and you and you say, "Hey, you know, like we you know we're raising you as say a boy." But if, you know, you're not a boy, like, let us know. Some people, like, they
1: think they're a boy and then they're not. Or the other way around. I think that would be reasonable. Some people aren't a boy or a girl. Yeah. Yeah. I like that approach. Like, I feel like that is the only way to feasibly, reasonably go about, like, raising a kid in a gender-conscientious way. Is just literally being, like, you know, once they're old enough to form words and start, like having the differences between boys and girls be a thing that they notice and ask questions about, like, little kids can understand that pretty easily, and I think it would be fairly easy to understand. Like, my, my youngest sister, Evie, expressed some, like, gender feels at a rather young age, so they're basically treating it the same. Like, we're raising you as a girl, but if you have, you know, you have clearly this older sibling who is not binary, so you know, you don't have to be this or that. It seems like the best way to yeah. go about it. Like, seriously, open communication with your fucking child. That is another thing that I feel is sorely <laughs> lacking in this discussion, is that whole, like, children are basically the property of their parents' fucking bullshit, which, yeah. oh my god. Like, I, there is no- nothing that makes me want to completely ignore someone's like, bullshit than them being like, oh, this is my kid, and You know, I don't want my kid exposed to, you know, gay people holding hands in public. Like, how about go fuck yourself? Like, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I very much believe in, like, overstepping the bounds of a parent who won't get their kid a binder and, like, giving them a binder anyway. I've done that before. (laughs) I'm like, your parent is making me, like, is bringing out the asshole teenager in me, except I'm an adult with resources now. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I mean but. the authority that parents have over children is like to keep them safe and raise them well, right? Not to restrict their freedoms, you know. And people go quite far with this. Like, I mean, I guess there's a point. There comes a point in like most people's lives, right, where they realize that their parents can be wrong, and it's this big revelation. You're like, oh shit! Especially for, like <laughs> if sometimes like you like you know like you're super smart, and like maybe you say something your parents don't know, and you're like, oh. And it doesn't mean they're stupid or anything. It just means you know different things. So then you like sit there and because all your childhood, right. You know, you have a question about anything, you ask your parents, they give you the answer. They give you food, they give you, they give you pocket money, they give you everything. And then at some point you realise, oh, they're just people. And, like, at that point, like... <laughs> and, then it's just, and that's the whole they are you are people, you're not a god if you're a parent. Sure, you are to them for a while, but, like, if your child says to you, you know, I'm miserable... And I think this might be the solution. I mean, don't just throw them in, like, a vat of estrogen or anything. But, like, yeah. maybe listen to them. Maybe see a therapist. I mean, people are really weird about, like, children going to therapy. But I don't think, like, it's only taboo because I feel like mental health has seemed like such a weird problem. Mm-hmm. And people still demonize people with mental health issues. Like, seeing a therapist should not be as big as a deal as it is.
1: I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. That and, like... <laughs> just basic skills like I really think that there should be parenting skills taught in high school um, or you know whatever you call it over there like before you get to the end of your required by the federal government education you need to take a class on parenting like it or it should be included as part of sex education in general um, because I, I think that just having the tools to be a parent who can be a positive force and a communicative, respectful force in your child's life is very important. You know, you don't have to know a lot about gender identity to be able to give your child simple options, like, okay, like, I see that you really enjoy this particular color, and it happens to not match the gender that everyone wants to assign you, but, you know, it's okay for you to like that, and you know, you can be a girl or be a boy and like that thing, and it's okay. Just, I don't know, just, that ability to let your kid experiment. That's one of the things that I often recommend to people when they ask me advice on, like, picking a name, for example, or trying out new pronouns. I'm like, you know, just ask the people who are close to you to try it out with you and see if this is more congruent for your identity and your personality. And I think that transposes very well over to children, that they just need to be told that it's okay to experiment and, you know, explore your options and, Pick and choose what you like out of a variety of things instead of a very limited selection. Yeah, I agree
0: with the name thing as well. Like when I was choo- choosing that, like my par- I initially chose one, and then my parents were like, oh, I don't think that suits you. I was like, fine. Mm. And then like so, the one I ended up going with my and my, I was um, my parents said, like, oh, we could call you Cat, and like that's cool. And they gave me the name like they would have given me anyway, and I was like, this is fine. This is fine, and I still I was like wasn't sure about it, but then like I had people around me saying, "Oh, no, it suits you, and after a while it sort of did. Mm-hmm. I feel like in a lot of ways like names like they don't always click immediately, like if you fall in love with a name like Amy you might fall out of love with it at some point, I guess like I'm doing the, the same relation the same like pose I do in like certain relationships where it's like, oh, you quite like them to start with, but you're not in love with them, and then like it gets really, really strong as you go along. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm working for with my name, yeah. <laughs>
1: you built it stone by stone
0: exactly it may change it'll be the same like I was going to go with Evie for a while I think I mentioned this before and like I I still think about it from time to time yeah but the more I think about it the more like it either sounds like like a little girl or an old woman and I'm neither of those things
1: So. (laughs) amusingly enough that is my sister's name the sister that it had gender weirdness yeah yeah that's like oh that's a cool name <laughs> how old are they uh evie is nine nine yeah Ooh. Yep. oh yeah uh,
0: this is when the, the thoughts are gonna start coming out and express all these things yeah what this is the kind of age actually where we should be getting education about lgbt topics in the classroom which was the next time i really wanted to like push mm-hmm. like like sex education, we don't get enough of it, but we should also, like, if it's included, then that's fine, but, like, have education about LGBT issues. Because yeah. the more we talk about it, like, we normalize it by having it at school, right? You know, you, you know what maths and science is because you grow up learning about them. Like, people would be sort of super weird about the science, and maybe, like, I mean, some people are, and they think it's, like, like satanic wizardry mm-hmm. or some shit. Yep. But, like, if you. For the most part, we get taught what science is and how it works, and so most people appreciate that science is a thing that happens. And if you're a scientist, they know what you're doing, like in a vague term, they don't know exactly what you're doing. And like teaching people about this, like the way that we sometimes, like these days, teach a couple of classes, I think maybe don't be racist, that happens in some classrooms, I think that's good. You know, like social issues don't get talked about enough, and like it's fun, it's one thing to have like a, an option, an opt in sociology class, but in some other, in a very real way, school's preparing people to live in the adult world and be functioning adults who can be nice to people and not be dicks. Why mm-hmm. are we pushing people out there with like fucking five hours of PE every week and like running around and stuff? But and like that's cool because you need people to be healthy, but why is that prioritized over giving a shit about your fellow man? Like, knowing about, like, LGBT issues. Like, what if you're gay? What if you're trans? No, people, people are weird about that because they don't know about it. And if it's
1: part of the classroom, maybe it's going to be normalized. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like it's going to be hard to do. Um, the school system, I would argue, is designed to prepare you for higher education. Uh, at least in my experience, for the most part rather than teaching you life skills, like, because I feel like if public school was actually designed to prepare you for the world, they would teach you how to do your taxes, they would teach you how to build credit, why you need to build credit, what is a mortgage, like, how do you raise a kid if you decide to have one, what are the laws of the country you live in, like, you know, basic shit like that, I that I feel, and I've been saying for years, like, I would teach that class if it was a class that existed. We need a comprehensive, like, breakdown of how to actually live in the actual world. Because we're not being equipped with those things. Like, you know, my dad was the one who was presumed to be responsible for teaching me how to manage my finances, and ah, that is not how that works. If your parents also were not taught (laughs) how to do the thing, like, they can't teach you to do the thing. And then if you just have no skills, then you end up in a shit ton of debt. (laughs) (laughs) So, <laughs> this is true. I, I would like to see forward progress in that, like, just in education in general, the school systems in general, from sex education to uh, education about the, the government and how to get in contact with your senators and stuff like that. And I, oh, it is so, so good. And I, I'm so glad that I thought of this and, and thought to share it, because you see so many more examples of young people themselves. T- is telling us that they're not equipped properly, or, like, uh, questioning Betsy DeVos at- th- at Harvard, you know, and that's, of course, college level, whatever, but, um, it's- it happens even in high schools more and more often, where people will post, you know, a thing on the wall about not sexualizing girls, and how the dress code is messed up. I'm so- proud of young people. Every time I see young people doing something amazing, like Gavin Grimm or any number of videos that I've watched of young trans women being amazing and, you know, socially conscious individuals, it's so good. Like, the more we have young people expressing their frustration and saying, I don't, like, I don't need to know calculus, I do need to know how to how to notice the signs of, like, mental illness, for example. It's another thing that we could really use education on in uh, younger younger groups than just, like, people taking college-level psychology courses. Uh, so, yeah, it just gives me a fuzzy. I love seeing young people succeed in the things that they're doing and trying to make the world a better place for them and for everybody who's going to come after us. <sighs> I agreed.
0: I also, I, I yeah, I, I, I didn't... Um... I didn't think of that stuff, like, especially with the mental health stuff before, I think that's really important, really, really important. Like, we're literally just coming to an age now where mental health is starting to be seen as something that's actually important, Mm -hmm. and it's way too late, like, far, far too late. Like, we've known for years that people, like, kill kill themselves because they're depressed and stuff like that, and yet we still, like, demonise people with mental health issues. And, like, you know, (laughs) you can't deal with it and and, like, get better if people are constantly telling you, like... You're you're weird because of it. You're a freak. That's only to make it worse. Mm-hmm. And I need like bring this up, like can, like continue this point so much because I think that inevitably, considering the current state of affairs of LGBT people, that mm-hmm. mental health issues and the stigma around trans people are inextricably linked for the moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's going away for a while. I agree. Yeah. Um. Another thing I want like I was I was just gonna blast some blast a couple of things off, mainly because I just wanted to talk for a second about self-declaration mm-hmm. and like changing gender officially on birth certificates and stuff. Because in Britain we have this thing called the Gender Recognition Certificate, which is basically a load of bollocks. Um, but it was the first; it was a very interesting law when it was a piece of legislation when it was made. Because basically, this this certificate that was introduced that for the first time in the country allowed someone's sex to be changed on the birth certificate, which is a really important step. Mm-hmm. And it was done through this method, which is kind of archaic, but it was had a lot of gatekeeper things, and a lot of hardships in the way of, like, it was very hard to get, be, precisely because it was so hard to push this thing through, and because people were reluctant to push the thing through, so they made the requirements huge. These days, trans people are accepted, like, more, like, not completely, obviously. Um, but certainly, like, in the UK, like, it's starting to become normalized, and, like, in the US, like, now that Trump's sort of made us a target, it's gonna, it looks like it's going that way, too, um, in terms of people's acceptance, not the gestation, because that's going backwards. Mm -hmm. But, um, Yeah. yeah, so this is, this is the thing that happened. So right now, in this country, you need to get this weird thing called a gender recognition certificate to change your... A sex mark on your process, on your birth certificate. They're currently doing a review about this in the in like within the government to work out how to replace it without like in a way that still like works with the current conservative government's views on how people can self declare and like knocks at their backbenchers who are very socially conservative and were the kind of people that voted against gay marriage in this country. Mm-hmm. Um in Ireland you they have a large piece of legislation which basically says you can declare your own gender. You can say, I want my sex, I believe my sex is female and they and you can change it. Like, it's a bit more complicated than that, but that's the general gist. Mm-hmm. And I think my, people have brought up that to me as like, oh, maybe that's a bit too free, but I don't think that's a problem. I mean, like, sure, like, like they're going to be screening, they're going to be screens and stuff. It's not as simple as you just walk into the tax office and you're like, hey, I'm a girl. I'm like, yeah, cool.
1: Mm-hmm. But like,
0: going through, like, jumping through hoops and having to get, like, surgeries and shit to change your birth certificate and things, like, to, like, stop yourself going to male prison if you're a trans woman shouldn't be, it shouldn't require, like, a panel of judges, it shouldn't require you to perhaps have to get surgery, even though you're not technically supposed to have to do that it tends to happen mm-hmm. that they believe you more if you've dedicated yourself and got surgery and stuff um, it probably helps if you pass too, but I can either confirm or deny that um the basic human rights that are blocked by this, at the time, very liberal piece of legislation that has since become a fairly conservative stranglehold in the way that we perceive males and females in this country. And I think all over the world, I would like to see a place where people don't get sent to the wrong prison because of some outdated piece of legislation where um, trans people are allowed to drive in Russia where um, people are allowed to transition, where people in Iran aren't forced to transition because they're gay. You know, there's a lot of laws. Well, I was supposed to get into this um, roundabout way. I sort of jumped into it now, but this is where I was trying (laughs) to get to. Is there a lot of laws right now that hold us back? And most of the governments that put them in place probably don't care too much about them because they don't affect them. It's just a law that's happened to be there. And they're like, fine, this is our law on this. And they're not going to change it because they don't care about trans people. But breaking down those barriers is important. I mean, we, even if we're a small portion of the population, like having arbitrary restrictions on our human rights is ridiculous, even if they're not in effect. Like the symbolic removing of some of these laws would mean a lot to, would mean a lot to the trans community. And I'm not saying that, sh- and I, I am speaking for us <laughs> in a general piece here, because it, because it is good news. And I think that most people, maybe not Blair White, I guess, but like most yeah. trans people would probably be happy with that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I- I like the idea of the more uh, that open declaration, like, ob- yeah, obviously there's still going to be some screening or vetting process. It's never going to be as simple as just saying, I'm this, you know, whatever, it's probably still gonna require, like, maybe a referral letter or some shit like that, uh, you know, a certain period of time that you've been living as your preferred gender, you know, quote unquote. Uh, i I'm fascinated by that, and I'm really interested to see where it goes. Uh, in addition to that, uh, there are places in the United States where you can have your state-level identification designated non-binary. Like, in Oregon, there's been, like, three, maybe, cases of people legally changing their gender to X or non-binary or whatever. So that's just really interesting, and I'm fascinated to see what further changes that brings in terms of other states maybe catching up and then perhaps on the federal level uh catching up although we petitioned obama's white house about that and they were like no (laughs) so (laughs) got a little bit longer on that i suppose um but we are seeing some progress in that way and i wanted to bring another thing up i i know that like intersex issues are not our issues, necessarily. I mean, there's some overlap, obviously, in that. They're related. Yeah, there's the breakdown of the gender binary and the breakdown of the sex binary, which I think can be used very neatly to demonstrate each other. And I I think that there is more discussion about sex uh, in in the biological terms. So... I would like to see more uplifting of intersex voices, and we have seen some of that. There was at least one BuzzFeed video about intersex people that had four intersex people there talking about whether they had, you know, uh, oh god, non-consensual surgery as babies, uh, or even as like 13 year olds. So I would like to see more visibility of intersex people so that we can then Acknowledge them as being, you know, dimorphic, like not perfectly male or female, on like a birth certificate level, and then I would really love to see an emergence of language that more that can more nuanced, like descriptions of sex and the biology, because. I kind of wondered at one point, like, do we as transgender people sort of render ourselves intersex by way of hormone therapy replacement or whatever? And that's not really an accurate way to describe what you're- what's going on, because obviously intersex people specifically that is referring to groups of people who were born with non-binary sex organs or whatever, hormone receptors, uh, but we have such a, like, sex is predicated on five different characteristics, and so if there's five different characteristics and you could have, like, a cis woman, for example, not matching one of them by way of being infertile, for example, um, we don't, we we just kind of, we're still like, that's a female person. And I don't know, like, a trans woman who has gone through everything and gotten to that point where literally the only difference between her and a cis woman on average is that she can't literally carry a child. Yeah, you know, how do we describe those things in a nuanced way using those biological frameworks, but without using them to hedge people into a binary that is kind of, I mean, it's a general truth, I guess, but it's also more complex than we give it credit for being. And I, that is something that I'm very, very hopeful for and fascinated by, um, is the linguistic, like, D- discovery or the linguistic changes that we are going to inevitably have to go through in order to describe the variables on the sex spectrum.
0: Me too. I find that like endlessly fascinating, and I'm really interested to see it play out in real time. Yeah. i if I'd love to see like like just skip past forward and see how it's changed. That'd be more interesting to me. But that's not <laughs> the way time travel works. <laughs> yeah. I am sort of witnessing that. I sort of see um. I I I don't think I don't think most of the medical opinion people would probably not like the fact that I want to say this, but you know I'm I'm a twat, so I'll do it anyway. <laughs> I sort of like see like trans like bi- especially binary trans people. I guess non-binary people are too. Like, especially like it's with the same like it's the same like sort of phenomenon as like an intersex condition of the brain. Okay. Like I think you could make an argument that the way that the brain is dimorphic. And it's, it is all to do with physical biology. It's just the way it manifests in our psychology, because like psychology is inherently like a study of a very complex part of biology. Yeah. And I think yeah, and I would like I think I don't not just because like I feel like intersex can maybe like you say intersex and people are like oh it's impo- it's medical, so people take it more seriously. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily true even, but I feel like if we want to be honest with the way that trans people exist, like putting them like being like being able to say look, this is a just the way people are born. It's slightly different. You know, it's it's rare. It's not, like, it's a, as a general rule, there are, like, most people are do seem to be, like, male and female, but, like, there's this special, there's this set of people in between, and, you know? Like, sometimes it happens in the body. Sometimes it happens in the brain. Sometimes it's both. You know, lots of intersex people are trans, too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like putting us with that and making it, like, and making it known that these are, making it, like, aware that people are aware about, like, the fact that this is a medical condition... Um, even though, like, basically, like, it, or yeah, it, it acts differently in the way that it is a thing we need to change with brain chemistry. Um, we don't change with brain chemistry, even. No. Yeah. Go back. Yeah. No. Don't. Don't fix yourself, cat. Yeah. You the point, right, all along. Yeah. No. No. It's It's. I. I believe it's an intersex condition, and I will stand by that until I'm shown evidence otherwise. In which case, I will bow down and say sorry to everyone.
1: That's a really interesting way of looking at it. I. I don't remember feeling any gender dysphoria as a child but then again i don't remember my childhood very clearly um yeah but yeah i think that's fascinating and i, I would there, you know there's studies that have supposedly claimed to have found the key pivotal difference between the male brain and the female brain and some of these studies corroborate the idea that it's uh inherent psychologically uh yeah or or not so that's cool it's that's fascinating I, know. I, I
0: i i i realize saying that is like a little bit like controversial but i i really do think that's gonna help can i i don't i can't hear you right now i don't know if you've disappeared or anything
1: can you can't hear me oh i can hear you now okay hey. i might have been too back from <laughs> the microphone like thinking staring off that's into fine. the corner
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay Okay. okay um yeah do you have any final thoughts in the future if we're gonna wrap this up like
1: yeah a uh, vision a vision of this utopia we want to live <laughs> in <laughs> i i would just like to live in a world where people didn't get their panties in a twist i guess over <laughs> the idea of transgender children or i don't know I, well, i'm really hopeful for the world that that are young trans people are going to create because the more of them that we protect, the more of them are going to make it to adulthood. The more of them are going to make it into a healthy and fruitful adulthood. And they're going to be able to affect change. I, i I'm, I sound so old. I'm 23. I'm talking about teenagers. <laughs> like they're 20 years younger than me, but like the work that we do and the work that they do, like we can work together to be supportive of each other. And, 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 just create a better world for everybody, where the underlying principle is just don't be a dick, and then everybody can get along and just be accepting. I think that we're going to make it at some point. I think it's not necessarily inevitable, but definitely more than likely, given our current trajectory, and again, with the boomers, and the fact that they're starting to drop <laughs> like flies, and won't be a problem soon. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: So, well yeah. that turned dark at the
1: end <laughs> <laughs> hey that's so that's so optimistic because there are so many young white men who are oh they're terrible yeah it's true Ugh. I was the way
0: to leave off with like the immortal words of Will Wheaton and instead we went into like yeah no, cool too. Uh, <laughs> we'll track
1: back a little bit undo it rewind yeah no, don't no, be a that. <laughs> uh
0: you know like do you have, any do you parting have to words? listen to us kids yeah, I'd yeah. say, like, we grew, we grew up in, like, th- the age of dial-up of internet, so I feel like we've learned a few things. And, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, don't know, I I, I, look, I look at the future, and, you know, like, I, I want to see another sort of the same way I used to see the past. You know, like, growing up white and supposedly male and stuff, you see, like, oh, look, the world's so nice, and everyone's nice to each other, and then I can blame myself for my problems. Mm. No, I want, to, I want to believe again. I want to believe again that people are that if people that people only like treat people bad because they deserve it i want to believe that the world like is just and i know that's impossible so what i will say because i can never get that is i want to live in a world where trans people are accepted when non binary people are accepted and even though that will pro and inevitably lead to the point where like racism and sexism are now where people are still fighting and still so worked up about it we will have enough popular support and enough, like, strength and courage within the community and from our allies. That it's a fight that we will be able to keep fighting, and that hope and we'll be able to keep fighting without people getting discouraged to the point of, you know, being encouraged to do horrible things like hurting themselves, without people killing, killing us and feeling it's justified. I want to live in a world where I can be optimistic as a trans person for my life and the lives of my fellow trans people. And I want to be able to look back on that and say, you know, we did good, you know, like I'm going to make myself tear up because I'm very tired, but yeah. I want to get, I want to get to a point in the future where I can look back and like say, let's see the steps along the way and be able to, you know, have that moment where it's like, you know, we did it, we did something, we we came from a point where we're being completely ostracized and we pushed through it and now we're not completely accepted, but we're there and we're visible and we're fighting and we're fucking proud to be alive. That's what I want.
1: That was beautiful. I, can, I cannot improve on that in any way, shape or form.
0: <laughs> on that note then. On that note. Um, if you want to give us an email, drop us a line at transatlanticpod at gmail.com. Uh, go visit us on Twitter, TransATL Podcast, Facebook, TransAtlantic Pod, uh, Patreon.com, that's TransAtlantic. Go give us money. Thank mm. you, everyone who's donated already. Please, if you can spare a dollar, drop us one. If you can't, that's cool. We're poor too. we understand. Um, patreon.com slash Luxander. Go watch Lux's videos, they're pretty cool. Um, George Gad does our music. He's a lovely, lovely boy and an ally and someone I am proud to call a friend. Go buy his stuff on Bandcamp. Go listen to him on Spotify. Do it. And, um, yeah, and if you're in, like, the Nottingham area, maybe go see his show. I mean, he just came back from Europe, so if you saw him in Amsterdam or something, or Dusseldorf, good. Go see him there more. Go get him more shows over there. He deserves it. Um, and with that, let's leave the world a better place, people. All right.
1: Bye.
0: Bye.
1: With the night on your side, in an old fortune, with the night on your side.